With NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, BetOnline has you covered with all the up-to-the-second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and information on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is the Governor, Kane Womack, and you're listening to Fun Belt Podcast. This is the Fun Belt Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Folks, to Dusty Thibodeau of Warhawk Report, Jeremy Harper of Howell Razor, and Shane Metlin of the Daily News Record. I think it's potentially a very good week for the Sun Belt. But I'm just kind of going off on a random rant. It, it's it's just frustrating. It, it's... <laughs> we kick off tonight's episode with major news. <laughs> I see what you, you see did. what I did there, Jeremy? Man, it was clever. It was real subtle. It, it wasn't Shane, like do you see how you write a catchy headline? I do. I'm learning. <laughs> For those, by the time we release this, it's old news. But Major Applewhite looks to be the next leader of the South Alabama. Jackie Wires, as Jeremy likes to say, with Kane Womack departing to become defensive coordinator at Alabama. Guys, I don't blame Kane for chasing the dollars. And, and, and let's be honest, if we look at the teams that, he, that Womack had in Mobile the past two years and he wasn't able to win the belt, wasn't able to win the Sun Belt, and went 50-50 on bowl games, I don't know what else you could do because those were some damn good teams that really way underperformed. I chased the bag of money too and, and head to Tuscaloosa. You know, my observation on that, Dusty, is that some guys – are meant to be head coaches and some guys are meant to be coordinators and and that's fine you know some you know the, to be a coordinator at this at this level it's incredible and i think kane womack was a great defensive coordinator in fact i thought that south alabama defense that was on the field this year was one of the fastest defenses i had ever seen and i had seen some pretty good defenses this year play against arkansas state so I, I just think he's a great and gifted uh, DC, and to see him go to Alabama, fine. That and to be a DC, I think that's that's sort of in his wheelhouse. Go with our blessings. That's what I say. Goodbye, Governor. R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, I think I think ADs, especially to G five level, are going to have to start kind of reconsidering how they interview people, and. <clears throat> You know, you you get the cliche question in an interview, like where you think you're going to be in five years. Like you're trying to figure out if these guys really want to be head coaches or if they want to be making $2 million in five years, because there's now there's more, more than one way to get to the point where you're making that kind of money. And you can be a coordinator in the big 10 or sec and get there. But there are other guys like somebody asked about me about this the other day, Kurt Signetti took the opposite path. He was an assistant at Alabama and took a pay cut because he really wanted to be a head coach. And those are the guys that now these G5 programs are going to have to find. It's not the end of the world that somebody's leaving, but I think you just got to kind of reconsider who you're going after to be your head coach now. Yeah, and I think some of that, Shane, was 
oh my God, here comes Power Five programs, and they're not just poaching <laughs> players now. Now they're poaching head coaches and giving them the inglorious position as coordinators. But as some, I think our friends, our Group of Five guys, said, uh, you know, this is Alabama. This is a a a, a program that if if they if there is a power five, they are the power one. They're by themselves when it comes to uh, being a top tier program. So um, yeah, all right. It's 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 a little different than if if Kane Womack had I don't know signed to become a DC at uh, well Indiana for instance. It would have been different. It would have been a different vibe. I think he got out also when the getting was good. I think that this is going to be a rebuilding year, regardless who the head coach at south alabama's at or at south alabama i can't even speak I'm, I'm just speechless from from losing the governor but but shane i mean do you feel that that's also maybe something that plays into it that he bails out knowing that hey we just kind of had our our two best years ever and and it, it's going to be a little bit of a slip coming up this year and maybe even next year yeah i think it's possible and i think there's probably you know there's stresses on being a head coach that we don't even realize and you know, maybe especially when you go into the season thinking um, Sunbelt Championship and it turns out, you know, you're kind of squeaking into a bowl game and we don't know exactly why South Alabama underperformed, at least by our estimations, a little bit. But, you know, like I said before, there are guys who desperately want to be a head coach and will take a few hundred thousand dollars less to be a head coach. And those are the guys you want right now if you're a G5 program. And you know, other guys maybe even get that opportunity and realize it's not all it's cracked up to be because there's a lot of stress that goes into being the head coach of a college football program. How great is it, though, that Major Applewhite, who was the candidate, it seems like, for every head coaching opening ever made in college football, even I think when he was starting at Texas, he was still a candidate for as a head coach at different colleges. He finally gets a shot. Yeah, and I mean, you know, not might sound like a knock on Kane Womack, but maybe this ends up being like a blessing in disguise because you're getting a guy who you really only have as an offensive coordinator because he had a little bit of a scandal in his past that seems pretty tame compared to a lot of other things that have happened in college football in the years since. But that kind of took him off that head coaching track to the point where he had to work his way back up and now he's going to get that chance as a head coach. And he's still the same guy that everybody thought was going to be a head coach when he was 30 or 25 or whatever it was. And he was really, really young at Texas and everything. And, you know, <clears throat> maybe it ends up working out pretty well for for South Alabama. But they're able to promote a guy like that. I think one of the key things that really dictates how his tenure is going to go leading the Jags, Gio Lopez, the presumed starter for this upcoming year, gave his blessing was doing the happy dance and everything else on the X saying that, you know, Apple white is the guy that they're all happy with, at least from a player perspective. So if the players like him, you, you got to figure he's a player's coach and that they're going to see a little bit of extra effort out of the players and really going above and beyond to make sure that this transition is as smooth as possible. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think it was off air when we were kind of talking about how, you know, <clears throat> Alabama's in a tough spot because, they're losing all their guys basically after the portal's closed. South Alabama is even, you know, a few days behind that. And, you know, we'll see, we'll see what they can do to keep their roster together. But keeping the roster together 
is going to be really important because it's not like there's going to be a bunch of guys entering the portal here in the next few days to for South Alabama to kind of rebuild things. So that makes this move make a lot of sense too, in that you're just kind of trying to keep things together at this point compared to teams a month ago who were making the coaching change and maybe could think a little bit more long-term. The other big news that really broke since our last episode, Texas State. You know, we, we kind of said, hey, with Maldi, TJ Finley coming back, that uh, these guys are, are, are going to be legit and, and contenders for the Sunbelt West. No sooner had those words left us, the Bobcats went boobcatting, TJ Finley hits the portal. They did sign Arizona transfer Jaden Delora, though, but he may not even see campus knowing that he has some off-the-field legal issues. What's going on in San Marcos there, Shane? I don't know. I was a little bit surprised to see that the order of things was was backwards of how I kind of figured it. I was like, you know, why is Delora, you know, signing up to be, you know, a backup? Or did they know that TJ Finley was leaving? But it sounds like Finley was taken completely by surprise by them bringing in another quarterback, which to me kind of seems to be like one of the first missteps for for GJ Kenny as far as like how he's handled the transition to move into Texas State. And, you know, all the guys he brought in through the portal last year had so much success recruiting. Seems to be maybe one of the first missteps in that direction at least as far as how he handled TJ Finley, because you were solid, you were set at quarterback. Now you have some question marks. Maybe it ends up working out, you know, Delora, you know, maybe, maybe gets all his off the field stuff worked out. He goes to San Marcos and he's a star and nobody even remembers that they lost TJ Finley. But right now, I, I mean, I just don't quite understand the way that was handled there. Yeah. Me either. And, and it's really, like I said, they went from being, yeah, Texas State's going to win the West next year to middle of the pack right now until we kind of know what they look like exiting spring ball with who's even behind center, what's Maldi look like uh, with that new relationship of a new quarterback. You know, there were some questions in the offensive line, but you figured a mobile quarterback like Finley was really going to make up for it. A lot of question marks now in San Marcos, more than answers that we have. Yeah, yeah, a little bit surprising after, you know, the big bump, the big boost from last offseason. But, you know, like we said, I mean, we're making guesses to some degree here. It might end up working out perfectly for them, but it it's it leaves a lot of question marks when a week ago we thought they didn't have any question marks at the quarterback position. More big news over the week. College football overall. EA Sports says the July date that was released is not the date for the game. It could be, but it is not officially the date of the release of the game. Shane, are, are you chomping at the bit as much as me? I am to some degree. I, I honestly was kind of off video games for a long time. My kids end up getting a switch. So I asked for uh, like NBA 2K24 for Christmas. So I'm back playing sports games like, like I was when I was in my 20s and uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to this now. It, it it should be fun. It's cool. It's cool. The players are going to get their piece of the pie. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it. And I think it probably still will end up being a summer release, but we'll, we'll see what the exact date ends up being. 
It traditionally was. It it, it seems yeah. like in the past it, it came out right around <laughs> the Fourth of July or or so. Uh, dating myself of waiting for the midnight release at GameStop to to get to play it in store first. You know, the, those are the memories we always have. We won't have that because it'll just be like, hey, Shane, sorry, my internet's a little crappy tonight while we record because I'm downloading NCA. Yeah, yeah, but it's fun. And it'll be, like you said, that July area to release it makes a lot of sense. People are starting to think about football season, get into football season, and then you're playing the game as the season begins and you can kind of like, that's when people are really getting back into college football. And, you know, <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if it's not somewhere around that date that got leaked or whatever, but I don't know if they've officially said it from now. And that's kind of, you know, basing that off, off whatever friend uh, Matt Brown has to say, cause he's, he's as on top of that as anybody. And then some, we have several great offensive prospects headed to Mobile for the Senior Bowl. But we got to have one of the best defensive prospects ever there in Jalen Green. What have you heard about his draft status as he tries to push on to get to that next level? You know, I think as far as getting drafted this year, we're going to have to see how his health's doing. He's he's recovering from that. He's also he, – he was attracting attention from the pro scouts, but he's also a little bit undersized for an NFL – edge um i don't know if that's the position he's still gonna pursue at the next level but i mean you can't argue with the numbers you can't argue with the results you can't argue with the way that he's built himself up from a solid player to an outstanding player so hopefully he recovers from the injury gets a chance to do some workouts and pro days and maybe i don't think he's probably gonna play any all-star games but we'll see what he's able to do i think he's gonna be a pro eventually how long that takes him to recover from the injury is probably the biggest question. I do think that, you know, if I just had a, a guess that I think last year we had a record amount of NFL guys get in the draft and partly was because we had the new, new members. But if I recall, it was also one of the worst drafts ever for the group of five. And uh, I think that's one thing that I'll be paying attention most in, the, in terms of the NFL draft this year is if, Last year was sort of an anomaly. I don't think a G5 was called until like the fourth or fifth uh, round, which was a, which is something I hadn't seen in a very long time. So that will be what I pay attention to. We're ready to shift gears to basketball. Uh, I'm watching basketball right now. I'm watching Southern Miss. They've got a little bit of a lead over my Arkansas State Red Wolves. So I'll be checking that out. What's more surprising? And, 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 and I say this honestly. Troy at five and zero, or either one of the zero and five teams, ULM or Old Dominion. Uh, you know what? I am a little surprised about Troy because <laughs> I felt like uh, like Troy came out pretty flat to open the season. Uh, didn't seem like they were showing much promise. You know, I, the biggest mistake is ever doubting Scott Cross because Scott Cross is just a damn good basketball coach. Has been every stop he's been to. So why should I doubt him now? Uh, so yeah, I, but I was a little surprised, you know, if somebody had said, Hey, who's going to be five and oh, I would have said, I don't know, JMU. <laughs> They're not, but, uh, yeah, a little surprise. Yeah. And not to take anything away from Troy. I, I'm a little surprised too, Yeah, but then, but then you go look at it. They've had that. They've already had that four game homestand that everybody mm-hmm. seems to get. And, yeah. you know, they're 10 and one at home this year. 
they're going to have hit the road now. So we'll, we'll see what happens um, if they can keep it going. But, you know, <clears throat> Troy's tough to beat at home. Like I, I was just looking at standings and everything else. And when I saw their overall record and then it broke down their home record, they're 10 and one at home this year. They've played a lot of home games and, wow. and four of them in conference. So I think that has a little bit to do with their start. So Shane's kind of predicting once the Trojans hit the road, there's going to be a little bit of come to Jesus. I think by the time we get halfway through the conference slate, we'll have a better idea who the real contenders are. Ooh. As far as the 0 and 5 guys, Dusty, you know, Old Dominion is traditionally, you know, a a, a basketball powerhouse. And to see them start 0 and 5 is a little strange. Uh, I, I imagine they'll pick it up. Or, but they seem really small. I think we talked about it last time. They they don't seem like they have enough, you know, big people in their in their lineup. So I don't know. As far as ULM, uh, Dusty, uh, those guys they they let me down every year. So I'm not surprised at all. Consistency is key. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, look, here's the consistent things. As long as we keep feeding Scott Cross Waterburger, he's going to be a hell of a coach. As long as ULM keeps the status quo, we're going to keep seeing them towards the bottom of the standings. But uh, I think changes are coming. Oh, okay. Yeah. And for ODU, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. It's been a hell of a season for them. I mean, like we said, they, they've they've kicked guys off the team. They have no size at this point. Jeff Jones, let's hope that he gets good news. He's got his pancreatic cancer back. Um it, it's been a tough season. He, he's done for the rest of the year. And, and like, I would think that his future, as far as being a head coach, is got to be somewhat in doubt based on his health and the results. I, it's ODU is a really good mid major college basketball job. They should not be where they are right now. There's some tough luck involved, but you talk about changes at ULM. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some major changes at ODU at some point in the near future. Ooh. Is this a scoop, Shane? Is this a no. newspaper man scoop? No, I mean this is this is you know <laughs> okay. speculation right. based on right. just knowing that the expectations are higher than they are. Jeff Jones has, I feel like he's his health has been an issue for years, and it's only getting worse. ODU in the past has made room for guys that have been successful coaches in their administration. They can find him a cushy job, I think and perhaps move on in the coaching realm because I just – I can't see ODU kind of continuing down this path that has not been working for a few years now. So speaking of some other teams, guys, uh, yeah, I had a chance to check out uh, the Cajuns a couple nights ago, and I'm a little surprised that they're not doing a little bit better than 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 their record shows. Their net – I think they, they're third in net, which – you know, take that for what it is. But when they came to uh, Jonesboro, I watched the game. And they've got a big in there, a guy named Katinge. Katinge, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Just a big brick, 6'8", 280 pounds, right there in the middle of the paint. Just impossible to get around. Uh, that guy, I think, is going to be one of the better players in the league. I feel like uh, Louisiana might become, you know, that kind of that team that sort of, if if Troy is projected to be on the decline with this road com, road trip coming up, I feel like maybe the Cajuns might be a team 
that might be on the rise. I think the sneaky team right now in the Sun Belt, Georgia State, four Ooh. and one right now in conference. Ooh. They the only loss was on the road at Southern Miss, but they've been able to win at South Alabama. The beat the beating there of ODU, as we've said, and then more importantly, they beat uh, Georgia Southern. So able to take care of business. Saw they were down by about nine and a half to App State to kick off this week's games. So, well, they have since lost that game. Yeah, yeah. App State finished that one out. So <clears throat> second loss for Georgia State, but they are still right there in the mix, as you as you said. Well, by the way, you saw Appalachian State in action, right? Uh, right, Shane. Yeah, I did. I haven't seen them in action yet. Is this a good team? It's a good team. Hmm. It's um, you know, I wrote something here this week about how you know you look at JMU, you look at App State, they're way above everybody else in the net. They've got the marquee non-conference wins. And then you look at their rosters, they're the two schools that kept guys in their program for three or four years and guys who are now starters. And I don't think that's a coincidence. And, you know, <clears throat> some of those guys at App State are not necessarily superstars, but when you keep good players around – long enough, you're going to end up with a good team. And they've got 11 of their 12 guys signed with App State out of high school. Shane, I'm going to caution you because you're dancing on on the language that you said last year that got you in so much trouble with Appalachian State. I, I just don't want you to get hurt again, okay? I, I, okay. I, just, don't, I just don't want that, that violent mob to be after you again. I thought what I said was really nice. But... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Appalachian State. For, uh, I, you know, one we we talked about home court advantage, and and Boone is almost impossible to 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 win a game at. But now they're winning games on the road too. I don't know how he does it. I, is it is it Kearns? Is it Dustin Kearns? Is this the guy? Is this is this just is it all Kearns magic? As he said at his press conference to open it up, how about the Mountaineers? He said that it's Dustin Kearns. <laughs> Wow, that man! I'm glad you brought that to the table, Dusty, because that cleared up a lot. <laughs> you know what else about App State is interesting is uh, they block a ton of shots. Mm, I don't know if they're the like number one team in the country in block shots, but they're up there, oh. and it affects teams. I I wonder if we'll see adjustments second time through the rotation with these Eastern teams when they play them a second time. But like it made a big difference against um, JMU. Um, but just going by Twitter reactions, it seemed like it was making a big difference in the Georgia Southern or Georgia State game tonight, maybe mm -hmm. last night by the time people listen to this. But, um, yeah, they change shots at the rim, and that's got a big effect on their defense. And I think a lot of teams are going to have to change the way they attack App State on the offensive end the second time they play them. <laughs> and on that note, we talk about the MAC Sunbelt Challenge coming up for the men's and women's basketball. Is that coming Continuing up? Continuing to look at the standings. It's about uh -huh. a month away. Okay. Akron Toledo remain undefeated 5-0. and What was that, Shane? We're going to get the matchup set, I think, next week. Okay. So. There we go. This is very relevant. Akron Toledo, 5-0. and Bowling Green, Western Michigan, 4-1. and 3-2, and Central Michigan, Two and three, Kent State, Miami, Ohio, Ball State, 
Eastern Michigan, Buffalo, one and four. Northern Illinois, right on par with us, zero oh and five. On the women's side, they actually have three undefeated teams: Ball State, Toledo, Kent State. Ball State with five and zero. Oh, Toledo, Kent State, four and zero. Oh. Only one winless team: Western Michigan, zero oh and four. Ooh. Huh. So that you means know what they I, would be hosting South Alabama at this point. You know what I really want to know? Tell me what you want to know, what you really, really, really want to know. What you get? What'd you guys say about TJ Finley? <laughs> you have to listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, that was a real brew ha. I mean Shane, they, we got we got one listener this week. That's guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those guys at Texas State, man, they were riding high. I mean, they were just kind of full of themselves. We got two of the greatest quarterbacks in the league. What are we going to do? We're going to win the West. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. But you guys already talked about it, so I'm not going to rehash it. I, I'm not going. I'm not for. Yeah. I'm not going to be selfish and make you guys go back. You guys already did the job. I bailed on you. You guys did the job. You guys did not leave your post. I abandoned my post, and I'm going to pay the consequences for that. <clears throat> I, I can understand if I had a burst pipe, I would probably wouldn't even be back right now. Yeah, I'd be done. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I might have to take a shower at one of you guys' places. Do you mind if I yeah. show up? It's fine Come with on me. Down. All right. okay. Jump on your bike on your huffy. <laughs> I'll be right there. And on that note, unless there's something else that you have, Jeremy, Shane, no, no, it's time for plugs, promos, and parting shots. Jeremy, the man of the hour, please tell us. All right, you know, okay, you know, we talked a little bit about about Kane Womack taking off for Alabama, right? He's going to be the new DC there. That's that's great. Good for him. I'm glad he's he's he's, he's found his new home. They're 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 hiring the Offensive coordinator, Major Applewhite. Uh, hopefully he'll have, you know, some success there. His players really seem to respect him. I think there was some locker room support for that move. But one of the things that, that has come now that Nick, uh, Nick Nolte, I almost called him Nick Nolte, with Nick Saban leaving Alabama, we've seen something that we have never really seen before, and that's star players transferring out of Alabama. And with that has come the chagrin and dismay and the gnashing of teeth of the Crimson Tide fan base. Oh, how could you go for the money? Oh, my God, we're Crimson Tide. NIL is ruining everything. We've got to clamp down on the portal. How dare these kids betray us? And so I'm like, finally, finally, you get to feel what every group of five program feels at this time every year now is watching our star players walk off and go someplace else. And maybe, maybe the good part of this is that maybe we'll get some sane regulation of portal transferring of NIL. Now that mighty Alabama has to face this, has to endure this humiliation as well. And that is my parting shot <clears throat> my parting shot okay news of the weird of course Ooh. a man 32 
-hmm. has claimed that women in a private Facebook group have been posting about their dates with him. <laughs> and it has harmed his reputation to the tune of $75 million after the women said that he was clingy and creepy. Ooh. I'm so glad there was no social media back around when Holy shit. we were in the, the dating pool. Yeah. I mean, if he's got multiple women that he's been on dates with to talk about him, like he's not doing too bad. Is yeah, he? Yeah. He's, he's got some success. Yeah. I mean, if there's enough to have a Facebook group, <laughs> you know, dating is like a baseball average. I mean, if you strike out seven times, but you make three hits, you're batting 300. That's pretty good. I will tell you this. Have you ever, guys, have, do you ever look back on a date that you had and, and it didn't go out well in like 10 years, 20 years later, you look back and go, I bet that's why it didn't work out. Have you ever had that happen to you? Not 10 or 20 years later, more like 10 or 20 minutes later. <laughs> Here's the biggest mistake I made. So I took this girl I was sweet on a date in high school. And we went to a movie. I can't even remember what the movie. And I said, after the movie, I said, are you hungry? And she goes, yeah, yeah, I'm a little hungry. I said, okay. And I took her to McDonald's. And we went to McDonald's. And uh, she ordered whatever she ordered. Probably already irritated enough that she was at McDonald's. I ordered the McFish, guys. I ate a McDonald's McFish. Ate it all down. Tartar sauce and all. And then, you know, I, I dropped her off at her house. We shared like a little kiss, you know, like a first date kiss. And then it was like over. She was done with me. Like she totally dumped me like for a friend of mine. And I couldn't figure it out. It took me like 10 years before I finally like, wait a second. What did I eat? Holy shit. A McFish? <laughs> at McDonald's? What the hell was I thinking? You're up, Shane. All right. I'm going to go back. A little bit towards what Jeremy Ooh. was talking about, oh, okay. you know, with the coaches leaving oh. and, oh, you know, okay. everybody kind of like, you know, everybody's kind of got to deal with it now, even Alabama. One thing I've noticed here in the past few days, as I spend way too much time on Twitter and on my phone and everything else is, <clears throat> is this new that the NFL teams will put out a tweet? saying we interviewed such and such guy for our head coaching position. I don't remember seeing that much in the past. I love it. I think it should be required at the college level. Ooh. And then maybe the coaching carousel things wouldn't be quite so crazy because <clears throat> who wants it to get out that like, you know, you have to tweet that you interviewed for the Washington job or you know how insanely whatever. angry people would be if like you were required to report if you interviewed coaches and your program hadn't interviewed a coach in like more than a week there's that but i how insanely angry would you be if you interviewed for a job didn't get it and went back <laughs> so maybe the coaches would stay put for a little bit longer yeah. And maybe that would cut down on a lot of the craziness we've been experiencing at college level. Know, Never going to happen, but I kind of like the idea of like, let's bring that NFL idea to the, to the college level. Do coaches have that shame though? Wouldn't they just say, you, you parlay that into, Oh yeah, I'm looking, you might want to bump up the old salary. I mean, isn't yeah. that how, wouldn't that how that works? 
Maybe, but then you come back with your tail between your legs and have to deal with the fans who are like, yeah, you got one foot out the door like already. Like, Toledo didn't even you, want you. You're not going to interview for a job unless you think you're going to get it. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. That's actually a good idea. Uh, Dusty, you want to weigh in on that? Because you're kind of smirking over there. I mean, it's so it's it's a business, guys. I mean, if, when you're interviewing for a job, Shane, if you were interviewing for the New York Post, would you want the Daily News Record to know that you were interviewing for the New York Post? Oh, if I'm interviewing for a paper that big, I'm going to be bragging about it. That's right. You no, kind of okay. want your, but if you're if you're doing it for the Paducah, yeah. you know, Paducah Sports Section or whatever, then you're probably like, and, oh. and and then when you can't get the job at the Paducah News, are you going back going, hey guys, you'll never believe. These guys didn't want me. You should be lucky to have me. Yeah. Uh, ah. So it's End like if that it note, yeah. we wrap it up so Jeremy can go wrap it up. Yeah, I got to wrap up the old pipe. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> We're no longer family friendly. Wrapping up the old pipe, if you know what I'm saying. Uh.